for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by AllGrows.com, with your host, Elk Hunting Coach Joe Gillick. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Welcome, everybody. I'm Joe Gillia, and this is your Insights Edition of Blue Collar Elk Hunting, where we want to talk and learn about all things elk. And, man, today, on today's show, if you're a regular listener, then you know that we here at Elk Bros are sponsors and official coaching staff of one of the most exciting hunting television shows and incredible competitions you will ever see. Leopold's Hunt Wars, y'all. This is the only show where normal, like me, like you, everyday hunters, get to be the stars on the sh- of the show. On the show. And on the show with me today to talk elk and hunt wars is Troy Gokritz, one of the masterminds behind the show, and along with Troy, to talk about their experience, the underdogs that just pulled off a dream come true on episode five of season two. Jonathan and Brent from Team Idaho, man. <laughs> Guys, hey. welcome to the show. Yeah, hey. we got the celebrities on, Joe. We've got Brett. We've got John. <laughs> These guys are killing the bulls in freaking New Mexico on the show. These guys are the superstars. Absolutely, man. That's why I thought, you know, it was so cool. I, you know, I got a hold of you, Troy, to get here on the show and, and I sent out a text to, to, I sent it to Jonathan actually. And I said, man, I said, I know this is late notice, but would you be interested, man? He pops it right back. He says, we're there, man. <laughs> How you guys doing, man? Hey, doing great. Doing great. Happy to be here. 
So what was it like? I mean, if, if, if these people haven't seen it, look, y'all, if you have not seen episode five of season two of Hunt Wars, you had better go watch it. In fact, don't start there, man. You need to get up there and you need to watch that first one, The King of the Camp. I believe that's episode three, correct? It's yeah. episode yeah. three on there. Go watch this because you're going to get a chance to see these fellas, uh, when they get into camp. And, and this is, like you said, Troy, this is, they are the stars, man, of this show. These guys show up, um, they're just guys that put in for this competition, happen to draw the competition, which we're going to talk a lot about that here in a few minutes, but they right. come into this camp as, I don't know, you guys seem to like, Talk yourselves down a little bit. What was up with that? Hey, we, we were very, uh, new to the archery elk hunting world and, you know, even down to calling, you know, all I, all I'd really use is a hoochie mama and, uh, you know, and I think anybody can, you know, squeeze a call. Um, but it's, it's a little different when, uh, um, you know, when you're playing with the big guys learning how to, um, you know, use mouth reads and, you know, Phelps calls and, you know, really starting to understand the language and, um, and we learned so much before we step foot in camp, uh, thanks to the elk pros and, and, uh, hunt wars collaboration. Well, this is the most serious I've ever seen you, Jonathan. Cause uh, I know it, man. He's changed ever since episode five dropped. He's changed. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've sent him some stuff to autograph. I haven't seen anything <laughs> back. I, uh, I mean, I, you know, one thing that I noticed and I loved, like exactly what you said, Joe, like, you know, it's easy for me to buy the tags. It's easy for us to put the hunt on. I mean, when I say easy, that, that's the fun, that's the fun part. But then you turn around and you see these guys have to go and grind it out and give their all. And they have a lot on the line. They, you know, the, the four teams that were out in that camp were so good. And, you know, it kind of makes me proud that we picked the right guys to be on the show. And, and, you know, these guys represented so well, but, when you look at it, like being successful on an elk hunt is one thing, especially in an area that you know, but showing up, no prior knowledge, no anything mm -hmm. to be able to kill something in, you know, I think it was day five for you guys or something like that's impressive. And not, you know, Joe, it wasn't like one and done. It was a <laughs> swing and a miss and then another one. Yeah. Anybody can call in one bowl, but can you call in two bowls? John, Brent, you guys did it. And yep. <laughs> well, well, Brent, there was actually more than two bowls that morning, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was like, uh, what, the fifth bowl, sixth bowl? Like, yeah. I mean, it was, it was hot that morning, you know? You talk about it in your last pop. You find those, those spots where the rut is just going on and those cows are in heat, dripping is what you call it. Oof. <laughs> and it, we had spikes we had rags i saw none of them not one i didn't see an elk until john missed an elk and then he killed an elk those are the two elk i saw joe you know like it was just amazing it was incredible action that morning yeah that that's the that's the thing that uh i i want people to realize is that brent you and i now 
like I said, I talk about Jonathan being uh, serious here because I tell you, when you guys showed up, you were like the most relaxed dudes I ever saw because you guys were like, oh, there's no, you know, you had all these guys that came in with all this experience. And where was your experience level when you, when you, you know, you think, oh, you get this call that you guys have been selected to be on Hunt Wars. Where was your experience level at that point? Um, you know, I was thinking about that. And, uh, the best example I could give you, man, is the year before when we went elk hunting, we drew elk tags for rifle hunting outside of, uh, Yellowstone in I- Idaho. And we hunted for, what was it, John? 10 days, 11 days. Yeah. And I think I went out for a week before you did. <laughs> and 15 degrees every day. And we didn't see elk. We bumped elk. And it was horrible. It was the worst hunting I've ever done in my entire life. I hated it. I mean, I hate it. <laughs> so, so was that an archery hunt or was that a rifle? Oh, man, it was a rifle hunt. It was even easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So when you came into camp, um, you guys definitely, I mean, you said it from day one. You guys were the underdogs, right? You yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we talk about this because I, I was talking, uh, to Brent earlier. I had to, I had to call him after I saw the show, Troy. After I saw the episode, I called both these dudes and I was just like this proud papa man. I was like, dude, I was so proud of you, man. And, uh, because this guy, when we first got together, could not squeak a noise out of a diaphragm. I mean, it was a noise. I guess you could call it that. That's a, that's amazing because Brent, you sounded really good. Thanks. You Thanks. sounded really good. And, you know, I guess like, you know, that gave us a little confidence when we knew that we had partnered with the Elk Bros, that all of our guys get to go through your course. It gives us a lot of confidence to pick kind of, you know, maybe some guys that, that have never Elk hunted to that level before. Because I know, Joe, your team's going to get them ready. And, these guys came in and, and maybe felt a little like they were underdogs, but simple is always better. And these guys were on every call. They, they took advantage of your program, took advantage of your guys' knowledge. And that just really shows from one year to the other, like what your program does and how it helps us to have our guys prepared to go be successful. That's, that's, that's a huge thing for our show. To be able to step in camp and actually have a game plan of, okay, this is the process of being successful. Yeah, that, and you know, that's one, we have actually the deadline coming up. I believe it's, uh, this coming week, um, for being able to apply for Hunt Wars. What, that's June 10th, correct? And, and you know, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there sometimes that they probably look at something like this and go, well, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to put the money for that or put myself in a situation where, you know, they start thinking about failure and different things. And and I want people to understand that they're looking at two fellas here right now that when they drew this and we started this because what happens is, is that we go through a coaching process 
months prior to them ever getting boots on the ground, right. you know, and they receive all kinds of uh, uh, equipment that's coming their way. They got a new bow that comes their way for the shooter. The caller has a responsibility and, and we meet and we go through these training sessions. They get our base camp training camp. And these guys were just like glued to that. And mm-hmm. they were, it was so exciting to see their enthusiasm and not just them, man, the entire group of guys right, were, right, right. were awesome with that. You know, it was, it was, it was so cool on my part to see that enthusiasm for, for, especially from people that have been hunting elk, some of them for a long time. We had all degrees of levels of elk hunters, right? Which was really, really cool. But that, that's what I want people to understand is here's two fellas that they came into elk camp absolutely feeling like the underdogs. Wait till you see some of these episodes when they talk about that. And you know what was cool, Brent, was both you and Jonathan, your calling just went, Jonathan, your calling was absolutely great. But what, what people don't understand is calling is not just about being able to do a noise. It's like knowing why and how and when, right? And, and, and that's where a lot of people fail. And you guys, I, watching the episodes I did because, you know, we're, I get to see these for the first time. This is footage I have never seen. So it's like, brand new for me and i'm listening some of the comments that you're making during the show and i'm listening to some of your reasoning that you're doing and i'm like yeah nailing it except for troy what was it uh you, to tell the story about your son about oh <laughs> yeah well it was just that one part when when jonathan steps into the camera and you see him move and that bowl is like within <laughs> I don't even know, 50 yards, 35 yards, whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden my son's like, dad, no, like he just was like <laughs> yelling at the TV, like don't, you know? So it was, it was really fun um, to have him kind of notice some of the things that I've been working with him on. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was one thing that he, but he was, he's 14, been on an elk hunt, been on a couple elk hunts now, and never shot anything. But man, I I've never seen somebody rooting and yelling at the TV more than that. <laughs> that's awesome. Like that, and that that's what really you know the show is 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 really based on because a lot of a lot of guys that I want to actually give you guys kind of a, a time to answer a few questions that we get. Like one question is, I'm worried what I'm going to look like on camera, or I'm worried like my hunt's going to be filmed. And these guys are going to pick up all the bad things that I do and show them to the world. And, you know, the funny part about that is we all make mistakes hunting, whether or not you want to admit it, we do. Absolutely. And I'm curious, I mean, when you, so Brent, you biffed it on the e-bike because you put the throttle on (laughs) while you turned it on, right on the show. Did it really hurt your ego all that bad to see it? Or you actually like, I'm glad I caught that because I tell my wife that. If I told my wife, like, I biffed it on the e-bike, she'd look at me with this blank stare, like, you know, whatever. But now seeing it, I laughed so hard. I rewinded it twice to watch it because I was laughing so hard. And half of my staff have come up to me and been like, man, you're so good at riding bikes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's probably a it's, part of the hunt that you, like, really never, like, kind of forgot about or whatever. And then yeah. you're like, man, I'm glad they captured that. Yeah. I'm glad we actually yeah. got to relive that. My wife is, like, three, four months pregnant, and I swear she almost peed herself when <laughs> she watched that bike. Like, I mean, it was – it. man, that stuff doesn't matter. It makes the show, and – you know, yeah. John, 
aside from my wife and kids, there's no one I'm closer to on this planet, you know, and yeah. Zach is our cameraman. He is one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. And when you're with your best friends doing what you absolutely love, what does it matter if you screw up, man? That's what, that's what <laughs> friends are for is to make fun of each other. You know, and that's, that's part of the brotherhood of hunting is doing stupid things and, you know, getting fun of for it and getting to show the world that it was the coolest thing. I'd wreck the bike again. In fact, I did. I have a kickstand in my truck still that I took home from my broke off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, Jonathan, the second question I get a lot of is, yeah. you know, the video and the memories, like for you. Tell me like a little bit about the memory that you made shooting that bowl, being there, having it, yeah. you know, now that you can go back and watch it. Like, I think that that's a super important part of why we do hunt wars mm-hmm. is we give guys an opportunity to go on a dream hunt that maybe they wouldn't have, you know, been able to do. And yeah. I know you guys hunt a lot out West, but kind of just tell me, cause that's another question we get a lot of is like, do I really want to be on camera? Do I like it? Like what, what did that mean to you to actually have that captured on Hunt Wars? And I'll tell you, I've, I've said it out loud many times since that I got to figure out how to film, um, you know, future hunts because it, it just brings that different perspective. You know, it's, it, you can tell a story like in a book, but if you could show somebody a movie, um, it, it's so different and it, and it just brings back so many memories, you know, that, um, you know, the footage that's actually on the show is obviously just a small little bit of, uh, Brent and I's experience on the show and, and, and everyone's. And, um, and it just brings back so many different memories and, um, helps you recall different things that happened, you know, from, you know, wrecking an e-bike to, um, <laughs> you know, making sure the, the tent was sprayed with bug spray to, you know, what, what encounters you had with different elk and, and, uh, you know, and just the, you know, the different struggles and the ups and downs that happen. So, um, you know, I, I love it. I love it. Um, I, yeah. I've watched it a lot already. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, in the, at the very beginning, well, actually it's not the very beginning, but just a few minutes earlier in that episode, you know, here's two guys that went in as underdogs and, you have a bull in front of you, you cow call, stop it, and you got a good look at this animal, and you shoot low, man. And yeah. what's so cool is you can see it all right there. How mm-hmm. I mean, the look and everything. Tell us about that moment. Man, they uh, I, I'm pretty sure they have another good 20 minutes of, uh, <laughs> of video showing that look. Uh, that was – I beat myself up hard on that. Um, you know, that was tough. Um, you know, I've, I've never, you know, I hadn't archery elk hunted, um, you know, before. And so I haven't had some of those ups and downs that, you know, maybe some other people have already experienced. And, um, it, it, and I said on the show, you know, that I, you know, just missed the biggest bowl of my life, you know, that I've ever seen. And, you know, fortunately I was able to turn the tables and, you know, Brent was able to call in a different one. Um, you know, but, but yeah, having that and, and just all the, even every encounter, like we were really close, like every day, like we were really close every day. Um, and, uh, and we learned so much from every little encounter, you know, after, after blowing every one of them up, you know, even if Brent didn't see the elk, you know, I, I talked to him what I saw and he, you know, 
gave pointers on what he heard and kind of what the experience and what we did right, what we did wrong. And, and we were able to make little tweaks, um, you know, all the way there. And so even looking back on the, uh, you know, the elk that I shot low on, you know, jumping the gun on that, I think was, you know, in my mind at least was partially because of all the other elk that had circled out and around us. And, and when that elk started to go out and around again, I was like, Oh man, we're not even going to, you know, he's going to just skirt around us again. And, um, you know, and, and obviously rush that and, you know, but learn different things and, and being able to talk to Brent and, um, you know, and we had many good talks even with our camera guy and, um, as, as far as, you know, just trust the process, you know, the elk was coming in, let him come. And, uh, and, and when you watch that next, <laughs> that next encounter, um, you know, camera guy and I were kind of in the open. So we were, we were trying to cover some ground to get to where this elk was. And, and that elk was covering some serious ground to get to where Brent was. And, um, and so he came out of the trees and we were in the open in between two big, <laughs> you know, bushes. And so, we were just kind of standing in the open. And so when he's stopping and staring, he's looking right through us over to try to find where Brent is probably 80 to a hundred yards back. And, um, man, that felt like forever. And, and sure enough, he, he took a few more steps after that. And, and, uh, and so it's just trusting that process and learning from every encounter that you have and building on it. And, you know, and I think that's where the experience of, you know, hunting, um, you know, it's so valuable, let alone to be able to go back and, and rewatch it, um, you know, and remind yourself what happened and, you know, Hey, what did I do? Right. What did I do wrong? And, and be able to talk about some of those things too. So, um, you know, we're, we're really excited for elk camp this year. Um, you know, we obviously are hunting together and, and we got another couple people going with us too. And, and, uh, and, you know, we've shared, um, you know, the base camp course with them and, you know, and trying to get everyone on the same page as, as much as we can to, you know, to get, you know, a few rookies and a few, uh, you know, one year veterans, um, <laughs> <laughs> together to see if we can do it again. So. That well, sounds amazing. One year veterans, man, that have, have probably <laughs> the knowledge set and skill set of most guys that have been doing 15 years, you know, so, I mean, I've hunted with guys, that have had 15 years of hunting experience, mm-hmm. but as far as that knowledge level, sometimes it's not, it's not there. Just because you hunt and you're out in the woods and you're chasing doesn't mean you necessarily always have all of that, you know, that knowledge set. So that was, I'm, and I'm going to go back to because what you guys talked about there were some really cool things because, you know, you, you got busted the one time being aggressive, right? And, that's one thing that I preach to you the whole time. Mm-hmm. You'd rather <laughs> yep. blow it up being aggressive than not have an opportunity, right? Yeah. So part of that is, yeah, that's on Joe Gillia's school of aggressiveness. <laughs> yeah, we, we get that. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, people don't know that you had those multiple opportunities that were going on. And yet, even though you were being aggressive and you, that bull caught you in the open, you still had the opportunity. Yeah. yeah you had, misjudge the distance um you had in range and you know it's like gilbert always says sometimes you can know have all this knowledge and something you know that situation happens and it all just goes out the crack of your rear head you know <laughs> yeah you know what's going on but what was neat too is brent there was a point where he, where he asked you about you know did you see the bull and this is day five and i loved your response you're like 
but I haven't seen an elk the whole trip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. And why is that, Brent? Why hadn't you seen an elk the whole trip? I'm my job, man. I'm not there to see elk. I'm there to call elk. And if I can see the elk, that means they can see my shooter, and that means I'm not I'm not far enough away. You know, we're it's it just on those last couple days for me it's like uh you're there just to guide these elk in and my job is to be behind jonathan doing half circles bull starts coming this way i start pulling him this way i'm moving this direction so that bull is coming towards john i'm not there to see the elk and my success as a caller on that show was predicated on him shooting a bull and getting that bull to come to him and i didn't need to see elk to do that you know my my success came from setting my best up to kill an ice bowl and that's 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 where i felt joy and success was man john shot an awesome bull and i didn't get to see it happen but i made it happen you know Mm -hmm. that's actually and that's actually pretty important in elk hunting because you know there's a that that terrain was really wide open and so you could be a really you could put your your shooter in a terrible situation and and actually in the show on that first bull no the second bull that you actually kill you rip a bugle and that bull's looking already in your directions when you bugle but because you were so far back there mm-hmm. if you would have been in any type of sight i mean joe you know as well as i do you would have hung up for sure yep. and they will hang up and they'll be like that something's not right here and if he would have just flipped around and walked away you would have never got a shot at that yep. bull but because you were so far back there, it actually, even though he was looking in your direction, he couldn't see where you were. He actually kept coming in. And that was one thing that I noticed on that. Cause I'm like, you know, I always cringe when I hear somebody bugle when somebody, when the bull's looking right at mm-hmm. that, that place. But if you're far enough into the trees, it just kind of fires them up even more. So it, it that was one thing. And, and I am sure that was a huge, huge, reason why you guys were successful in that unit with it being so wide open is you were willing to stay back and not see that bull. Even though most callers are like, I want to get into the action. I got to creep up. I got to see him. And they end up, they end up actually costing their shooter probably a shot sometimes because of that. Yeah. He had actually, I believe you said Brent that you saw, you could see Jonathan a little bit. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, because you knew he had taken the shot. So, but you were far enough back, and you had knew where he was. And and that and like Troy said, that's so huge. Especially the more open the terrain is, the more you have to be off, just for the exact reason he's talking about. Otherwise, that bull, if he can see, and he and he should see another elk, that's red flag all day for that animal. And what you did was not only true to your role but it was incredibly unselfish man i mean Mm -hmm. it was you know you doing your job to make sure that he got the shot and i i just love that he's like did you see him you're like no and and i I remember the other episode he's like did you see him no i didn't see him and then then the other one did you see him no and you're like dude i haven't seen an elk the whole trip (laughs) that was awesome that was But I, I've got to give it, uh, I, I've got to give it to you too, man, because you're saying that you're standing in the open, Jonathan, right? And this yeah. bull is staring through you guys and, yeah. and Brent lays out a bugle and, and listen, you people listening to the show, you don't understand 
because I'm telling you, um, in June, when I first met Brent, um, at the end of June, he, he could not use a diaphragm a lick, man. I mean, (laughs) he was, he was sending me videos all the time and we were coaching through and, and same thing Jonathan was working because Jonathan was like, okay, I've got this partner that cannot even make a noise. <laughs> so I had better be learning too, just in case, right? And as a, as a team, you guys did a great job. And, you know, that's why I want people to understand that how far you came, Brent, was unbelievable. So you lay out this bugle, that bull, man, he can't see. He, he knows that there's a bull back there. He starts to go. And here's the thing, Jonathan, you have a bull that basically has you almost in sight the entire mm-hmm. time he's coming around. And yet you do something that most people wouldn't have. You drew. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that wouldn't have drawn in that situation. Uh, they would have locked up frozen being worried about being sawn. But again, you make a, an aggressive move. You draw your bow the bull gets, and he was still, he didn't quite stop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Your shot placement. Oh my gosh. You know, he was moving a little bit, so it ended up just a little bit back, but because you went mm-hmm. mid body, three inches yeah. back, you ended up with that perfect Two holes. Two holes. <laughs> went through that bull so fast. Yeah. And I bet it's not 15, 20 30. seconds when yeah. he goes. Yeah. Within sight? Yeah. It was, Un- awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Unbelievable. And so exciting, man. So I had a question for you, um, you know, because uh, Troy had asked you some. How has, you know, because a lot of people when they come on a show, they think it's just all about the show. But this affected y'all's life, man. It oh, affected your yeah. hunting. Well, I know Brent, how many pound, pounds did you lose, Brent? Uh, almost 20. It was a lot. Um, I, I cut down like crazy. I mean, uh, I, I'll be honest with you. You know, I don't fit the pants that I was wearing on the show right now, but like <laughs> free show 20 pounds. Um, it was a life changer for me. Um, both physically, mentally, emotionally, like, you know, we, we all struggle in life sometimes. And you gave us two months to be ready to do something that we'd never done before. And on the day that we killed that bull, you ever play like, uh, you ever play a sport or like you're at work and you're just, you're in it. You know what I mean? You just know what to do and it's clicking and it's just amazing. You don't even have to think. And it just is responsive. The day that I killed that bull, as soon as he talked to me, I knew exactly what to say back. I knew what to do. I needed out. Crap. He's coming. I got to run. And I literally ran back <laughs> and I, you know, he's over here. Oh crap. I got to go. I got to get this way. And I'm running that direction. And I, the, all I did was keep an eye on the freaking cameraman and Jonathan's butt that entire time. It stayed so <laughs> far back. That's all I could see was their derrieres and it just clicked. And that's so you were the, using them as their, as the center point of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're, you're doing what we call the record player, right? Where yeah. you can see your person and you can hear that bull moving off to one side. So you would actually go away to the opposite side to try to be able to pull that bull straight yeah. to him. Correct. And it just, I knew what to do. And I knew what my job was that day. And you guys made that happen for us in two and a half months, two months. And that's not, something that just ended on the show like 
I'm so freaking stoked to do that this fall. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, Didn't we had a little... go hunting too after the show. I mean, how did it change your elk hunting life after? They've shot 42 elk now since the show. <laughs> <laughs> they have now nope. arrowed bulls in 10 states, Joe. They are like incredible. Yeah, I'll tell you, it changed what tags we put in for this year. Um, you know, we, we kind of focused everything on elk and, and only elk and everything's around elk now. Um, you know, which before it was like, oh, what deer tag are we going to put in for? And, um, you know, and that kind of thing and opening day for rifle, um, you know, it's memorized in our head and, and, you know, calendars blocked no matter what day it was. Well, now that's elk. <laughs> and, uh, and if we make it deer, that's Idaho different. Hunters that we now have two other archery guys in the field. Sorry about that. Like created yeah. some diehard elk hunters. Yeah. From Rifle. We're changing the percentages. So. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, Idaho. <laughs> well, didn't you guys go? Actually, you guys went hunting back at home after the show, didn't you? It was we, right before. Right before the show, we were going to try to get back and, and, um, I think we had one day left that we could have done it, um, you know, and, and get back and, and we ended up, um, cruising home so we could, you know, Brent had another, you know, seven and a half, eight hour drive after dropping me off, (laughs) you know, which was a ways from, uh, New Mexico too. So we ended up, uh, you know, getting home instead of the one day that we had left. The, the hunting we did before the show, you know, it was, it was <laughs> conjunctive, conjunctive, is that the right word? I don't know. It was right before the show. Like we left our spot, which I'm not going to tell you about in Idaho. <laughs> go to the house to go create some. And we hunted for what, John, a week, 10 days right before that? Not and, even. Yeah. I mean, it was it, my favorite call now is calling for cows. You know, because I I like to pretend to be a calf and just I actually have a die. Uh oh! This is is the difference, man, because he didn't want to show off before. He couldn't find it before. Yeah, it's too high for it to be picked up. It like yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's it's, too high for Zoom. Yeah, that's the problem with Zoom. If it goes too high, it'll block it out sometimes. Uh, Yeah. Well, the idea being is I I had cows come running at us. I mean, running at, at 20 yards, they didn't want to stop because we sound like a bunch of idiot calves running through the woods, you know, and <laughs> it was just amazing. I mean, we called in bulls every single day. We almost sealed the deal on a bull every single day. It was just, it turned something that was exceptionally frustrating last year, the year before that, um, into something that was a joy to do every single day. It was exciting to do every single day, and yeah, I think that was the key to y'all's success, though, because yeah. when you when you, and that's what this is about, and that's what you know we we talk about this being a hunting competition, but it it's it's always a competition. Yeah, I was gonna say hunting is a competition. Absolutely, it's you versus everything out there on top of other hunters. The animals, the weather, you know, that's, that's, that's ultimately why I created this show was I wanted to see if people put in the same situation could actually be successful. And the show is a success because we watch guys like you be successful from showing up on day one, 
to being successful on day five. That's what truly is the success story of the show. Um, the competition is secondary. I truly wanted to capture, but I can't capture that if I don't put you in a competition. I can't capture it. I can't, I can't in, you know, um, incentivize you to go hunt a little bit harder to get out a little bit er earlier if we didn't have the competition. But truly that is what Hunt Wars is all about is I wanted to see. Let's stick four teams in the same area, same week, same weapon, and see how these guys react to all yeah. the things that all of us hunters all across the United States go through every year. And that is truly why the show has been such a success, um, you know, minus the fact that you guys are the first ever to shoot an elk on Hunt Wars, which is awesome. And we'll yeah. always, live always be. Yeah, that'll always be. So. Yeah. That, that was really cool, you know, to see that and, and truly anybody who's listening to this, I can't begin to tell you, you know, when we started this thing, we had 40 teams apply. Um, we, we lost our shorts in season one, season two, we had a lot more teams that, that applied, but not as many as you would think. We're not 70,000 applications like Arizona's draw or some of these other draws. You know, um, the unit that we bought the tags in, which will rename, will, will remain nameless. That <laughs> unit is 0.01 of a percent to draw that unit. And you guys yeah. had a lot better shot putting in for Hunt Wars and having everything covered for you on top of, you know, being able to be on the show. Um, I presume you guys all still have your gear. Um, yeah. one of the other guys that was on the show said his buddy, his buddy called called and was asking some questions about it and was like, you know, the thing that really got me is I didn't know they got to bring the gear home. Like we went out shed hunting <laughs> and this guy pulls out his new spotter, pulls out his new binos, pulls out his new bino harness, like all this stuff. Oh yeah. I got some sheep meat for my boots, you know, and like, you know, all this cool stuff that guys get to go home with and, and, you know, have for, uh, hopefully a lifetime. And, and that's kind of another part of the show that's really cool for anybody who's listening is, um, when the boxes start showing up and how you guys, yep. <laughs> you know, I love the team's reactions because they're always like, you know, I didn't think it was real until all of a sudden I get this huge yeah. box from Leopold mm -hmm. shows up and I can't, you know, and, and so I, I'm curious, like, was it kind of that way for you guys too? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think the first box that came was Leopold. Um, and <laughs> that was crazy. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, seriously. Christmas. I think it was in July, the beginning of July. I think is when yeah. we got it. And so Christmas in July. Oh, and, the uh, ammo that you guys had, the prime bow you had. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, they, they got yeah. all sorts of cool stuff. Grinders tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Podcast. Our goal is to share our knowledge and help you flatten that learning curve so that you too can have some of the very same incredible experiences that have given all of us here at Elk Bros a lifetime of memories. If you like what you hear or see, you can get all of this information plus so much more from our Base Camp Elk Hunting Training Camp, the first in a series of online courses from our Blue Collar Elk Academy. Our base camp training camp allows me to use my coaching style and share almost 40 years of elk hunting experiences successfully hunting elk on public lands as well as over 20 years guiding hunters of all ages and experience levels. 
This course will be like nothing you have ever experienced in concept and structure using success-based coaching techniques that will elevate your confidence and skill sets. Our camp will prepare you specifically from that final moment most in your control, those final minutes or seconds the elk is in front of you, backwards through each step and level, allowing you to see, visualize, understand, and relate every coaching point to what lies ahead the next step, the next thought process, the next success. Because, y'all, you've already been there. You know what it looks like. By tapping my 30 years of teaching and coaching experience, our camps are developed considering multiple learning modes with text, visuals, audio, as well as video. And base camp will benefit those new to elk hunting all the way to the 10 to 15-year vet. So if you are looking for that one thing To help you fill that tag this year, invest in the most important piece of equipment there is, you and your elk hunting knowledge. You can find the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Academy and the Base Camp Training Camp at elkbros.com. That's E-L-K-B-R-O-S dot com. Keep dreaming of the screaming, believing in achieving, and most of all, keep grinding. I had a guy from Lewiston, my hometown, hit me up. And he was like, hey, is it true? Like, I'm watching this stuff for Hot <laughs> Like, I sent this to our group chat for upwards, and he's like, is this real? Did this happen? I saw you for, you're from Lewiston, Idaho, and I started sending him pictures from my phone of all the stuff that we received. And the loophole box covers my kitchen table. You know, it's <laughs> I mean, sweaters and sunglasses and the broadheads we got and all this stuff. I'm like, man, like, uh, <sighs> I don't, I don't need to <laughs> yeah. buy honey for the rest of how long. I don't freaking know, but like my wife knows now. It's that's the worst part is that she knows <laughs> I've got all this crap and I can't justify buying anything else because yeah. uh, <laughs> give me everything I needed. Yeah, you know? you're done for life, man. So that, that's, <laughs> the, that's the thing that uh, I want to make sure people understand. You talked about it a little bit, Troy, when you talked about people that are trying to apply for New Mexico or trying to apply for Arizona and people that are buying points and putting in application fees. And that's where, you know, people are like, well, but a hundred dollars to enter this, you know? And I'm like, really, man, have, have you really taken a look at what you're spending for these application fees? Cause when you do this in most States, you have to get their game license. license. You're probably buying mm-hmm. a tag. I'm sorry, buying a point, and you're applying in there. So, you know, in doing this in multiple states, I know people that spend a lot of money trying to get a tag. And the, like you said before, the odds of drawing a Hunt Wars tag. Well, let me just ask you, because I heard every one of you guys, Jonathan and Brent, when, when we did our first interviews, everybody on that show was like, I had – I. I never win anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah. what about you guys putting in your $100? Was that – did you think you were throwing it to the wind or what? Well, I figured – well, so what got me was – so I we actually only applied three days before it closed for season two. And so, uh, you know, somebody has some time, you know, a couple days to uh, to get it done and still get drawn. And um, and so I, I had just heard about it and um, – and I'm like, you know, um, to put in for hunts anywhere else is, you know, like you said, you know, over a hundred dollars in most, most places. And I'm like, you know what? 
we're going to try it, you know, let's do it every year. And, you know, if we get it, then heck, at least it's paid for, um, you know, and Absolutely. we'll kind of go from there. And, you know, because if I get drawn in, you know, a normal New Mexico tag, you know, I'm paying, you know, upwards of $1,000 for the tag itself if I'm drawn. And, uh, and then we still have to get there. Then we have to, you know, pay for our camp and food and, you know, and every, you know, equipment, um, and everything. And so, um, you know, for me, it was like, you know, it sounds too good to be true. Let's, let's throw it in. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, it, it, it panned out, um, you know, better than honestly ever could have imagined. A tank of gas. A yep. tank of gas as well. Which is, you know, and, and I am one of those guys that applies for a lot of states. And that mm-hmm. was really what was another driving force for me on, on Hunt Wars because we have 14 hunts this year. Depending on how many guys, you know, apply, we might bump that to 16. And we'll just keep growing it mm-hmm. to give guys more chances to be on the show, to hunt different areas, to hunt you know, different hunts. And I just, I, I don't know. So some of the draws and some of the things that, that go on in the different states and how they divvy up their tags and some have points. And now Utah's talking about getting rid of all the points. So you've put in for 20 years and it's gone overnight. And now you're just back to square one. Like those are the types of things that I'm like, when guys say it's a hundred bucks to apply, I'm like, it's not even close in, yeah. in the actual, you know, value proposition because on top of all the hunts, we just, in our last meeting, and I'll share this with you guys and on, with everybody listening, we just went through, I think we've got like 13 items that we're going to draw just gear giveaway. So now you got 14, you know, teams that'll come out of the hat. You've got another 13 things that you're in for. And the biggest thing for me is, is, continuing to to give you an, a chance there's no greater day than the day that you you know the draws come out and there's no worse day than the day the draws <laughs> yeah, come out. Right. exactly there's, there's two sides right you have like the anticipation yep. is what you're so excited about and then when you have that lull and you're like all right now it's a whole nother year away mm-hmm. like for us at hunt wars we want to continue to give you that chance that you can follow along with the people that are on the show that year. If you didn't get drawn, you can get drawn for a sleeping bag, a pair of binos, something that gives you a little bit of an upper that maybe you just didn't have your luck drawn that year. And so that's kind of what, what we wanted to bring to the table way more than, you know, the draw odds of Arizona, which we all know is ridiculous. And right. Or, or Utah or New Mexico or wherever it is. Like there's just a lot more hunters in the field this year, this time now, nowadays. Like they say that the total number of hunters is declining, but there's still more people. And so there's more hunters from my understanding. And that's kind of what Utah has explained to us is, yeah, there's still more hunters in the field. So you're going to, you're going to have less odds. Um, my little boy. He'll probably never get to hunt a really, really good tag in Utah in his lifetime because of how many points it takes, you know, to get one of those tags. And so that's where I'm like, you know what? We got to, we got to figure out a way that we can actually give people a a fighting chance, you know, something. And so we will continue to raise the amount of hunts. If we get 10,000 applications, I promise you, we will be doing 50 hunts. Like we will be drawing wow. as many teams as we possibly can for those mm-hmm. hunts 
and, and being able to grow it into something absolutely spectacular. Like that is our goal. And that's how we can, that's how we can continue to grow this thing and, and provide great hunts for people, you know, all over the planet. So, and when I say all over the planet, we are starting to get some people from Australia, New Zealand, Canada. Canada. Yeah. Like, can you imagine sharing camp cool. with a New Zealand hunting yeah, group and cool. like talking to them about what it's like to hunt stags or this or that or, and then also capturing their different hunting style comparative to our hunting style on an elk or a mule deer or something. So that's kind of where I, I feel like our show is going and it could be an amazing experience where you're actually competing for our country, not just for your state. Wow. That'd be crazy. Yeah. So wow. can we talk about that a little bit? Because from last year, from when these guys went in, it was just like, a, a, a straight basically pay your hundred dollars and, and you're in the hat, right? And you've, and you met, you touched on it a little bit, but I want to make sure that that's understood where this year actually your $100 is purchasing a membership. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we wanted to, because a lot of our sponsors are incredible giving us gear, giving us giveaways to promote their companies. And then on top of that, giving us discounts. And so we decided to transition where you apply and then that application also rolls into an annual membership. And so what that is, is we'll be able to email you and say, Hey, here's a 25% discount on this company. That's a sponsor of ours. Or, Hey, we've got a bino drawing coming up from Leopold because you've entered, you get extra entries into this giveaway. Um, and so we've, we've built it into that so that we can actually provide more value than just the, the hunting side of it. Um, you know, Joe, me and you have talked a lot about having your, your, uh, Elk Bros course as part of that and we'll give a, a, a course away or whatnot. So that is the type of stuff that I feel like brings way more value year round than just the one and done application fee that you put in for New Mexico and then get another unsuccessful and, you know, want to have to keep the knives away from your wrist for a week or so. <laughs> well, yeah, because in New Mexico, we do not have a point system. No so points. If, if, yeah. if you're applying to come in here, you're, you're basically having to buy that small game license. You're going to, uh, you're going to, a part of your application fee is going to be non-refundable. So basically yeah. you're paying that hundred dollars and it's just, if you don't draw us there and the odds are, extremely difficult man you're talking you're talking six percent of the tags right and how many people put in i mean that's a lot of slices into the pie so um this is really uh an incredible opportunity here that these guys had now so that people that have never heard of hunt wars before troy um why don't you give you know talk a little bit about what the full hunt wars package is if somebody draws that hunt right so how it works is um because when you put in for an application you're usually putting in for a specific unit you're putting in for a specific animal and uh, that to me was was it's good that's great we don't do it that way at hunt wars hunt wars has 14 hunts that we'll be we'll be doing this year Four of those teams will be elk hunts. Four of those teams will be rifle mule deer hunts. Four of those people will go on a whitetail hunt in Illinois. And two of those teams will head south of the border to Mexico on an awesome trophy coos deer hunt. So how it works is you put your $100 in. We are, you know, around June, I think uh, 15th or 16th, we'll have our selection show, which is 
So fun. We're drawing the names live. Guys are freaking out. Wives are going nuts. Like it's a really fun atmosphere. We try to make it really exciting where we're drawing names. We're showing the camera and your name comes out of the hat. Everybody's got a ticket in there. Um, that's applied. We roll it around. We draw a name. We roll it around. We draw a name. And so then those 14 names then go into a interview process where we talk about your experience about, you know, what, 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 uh, what animals you've hunted prior to that. We talk about our draw blood rule. We talk about our expectations in camp. Um, and just kind of make sure that you don't need to be the most amazing personalities. You don't need to be the most amazing characters. It's not a reality TV dramatized show. There's been guys on our show that are, you know, hard pressed to say five words and that's okay. Like we're fine with that. Um, and so we just, we want to make sure that our brand is represented. Okay. And once you pass that interview, then we, as a team, select the teams for what matchups go in what, um, when we line up all the, the teams that have been drawn, we say, okay, these four, we feel like are the best for the archery hunt. These four are the best for the rifle. And we actually just match those up. We call the teams back and tell them, Hey, this is the hunt that you've been selected for. Every time it's been, they've been so jazzed just to be mm-hmm. a part of it that they are like, just put me in wherever coach, you know, like <laughs> I, I'm good to go wherever. Yep. So uh, that's been really cool. And at the end of the day, just like Jonathan said, we pay for your tag. We pay for your food. We pay for everything pretty much except for you to get to the place that we will be hunting. Right. Um, and we've got awesome accommodations um a chef in camp um that's probably been our <laughs> biggest problem goal. yes is we had such good food that guys wouldn't spike out even though they wanted to because they wanted to come back to dinner so uh, like that i gained as much weight back from our chef in camp <laughs> like, it was that, and that was that was a really fun part of camp, and um, and so yeah, so so that's that's what you're putting in for is you get 14 chances, so you're not just putting one name into the hat into you know New Mexico Unit 54 and crossing your fingers that you're one of those three tags. This is going to give you 14 chances to basically be a part of the show. Cool. Yeah. And, and boy, once you are, um, and you talked about how they get, but the package deal to that, man, um, yeah. these guys had, like you said, they had all kinds of stuff hit, hit them before they even got boots on the ground. So yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. if I end up, you, you put me in coach, what's going to happen for me as a, as a competitor? Um, and, so, and we'll, we'll talk elk here because that's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, we immediately, Kick over, we get all your sizes, um, who your hunting partner is. We lock all that in. Um, we basically tell you, do not hurt yourself in the next three months, whatever you do. <laughs> just make sure you're bubble wrapped. Um, and then, uh, and then we actually immediately put you right into the Elk Bros coaching, um, clinic and basically go through that, their, your entire coaching. Uh, process from uh, calling to strategic, you know, wind and direction and where elk are. I mean, your guys' thing is absolutely our best coaching that we offer as far as elk hunting for sure, but, you know, across the board. And did you hear that? 
Y'all, I've got to take a second from the show to tell you about the Enchantress call from Slayer Calls. This call, it gets you the most realistic bugles and cow calls I have ever heard from an external. Look, the folks at Slayer Calls designed this external call to act just like a human tongue. So literally, with the push of a button, anyone can use this bad boy to bring those puppies running. Look, if you struggle with diaphragm calls or you have a partner that's just not able to call, y'all, this right here is your ticket to sucking those bulls right on in. If you want to try the Enchantress, which they're calling the Elk Slayer now, to put me in your freezer, then just use our code. It's one word, ElkBroSlay. Again, that's the code, ElkBroSlay, on SlayerCalls.com. Um, and so they go through that um, from basically July 1st all the way until they show up to camp. And then we even had coaches in camp. And you saw in, in Episode 5... Cole and Eric are freaking amazing. Aren't they? Every night. Yeah, that was They're out there talking to the teams. How can we help you? What happened here? You know, and and me and you, Joe, we we thought through this, and and that's exactly what we wanted because how many times do you go on a hunt, you come back from the hunt, and things kind of slip through the cracks where you're like, man, I blew that bull out, and and you never really talk about it again. You might talk about it with your buddies like, yeah, stupid us that we blew that bull out. But you never really dissect it and get better from it. You just kind of go back out and, again, hunt again, you know, and do the same thing and create the same mistakes. And, and you know, over time, I think that a lot of guys actually just do the minimum to, to be successful. And if they're not successful, they don't know where to turn to be successful. Yeah. And so right. having those guys go through that course made me so much more confident, comfortable, and, and I'll be honest, the guys hunted hard in season one and those Montana guys, they were very experienced. So were the Colorado guys and those guys, you know, like those Montana guys arrowed that really nice bull in 16 C, but you know, showing the teams this year and the, the bugling, I would have put any four of those teams up against that Montana and that Colorado team calling. Like I was blown away. And like you said, Brent and John and not even called a diaphragm call before they show, you know, before they, they went through the Elk Bros camp. So that shows me right there. Like I was impressed. I was really blown away and, and that's a big deal. So it brings a lot of confidence. And as, as you go through the course, you get, you know, your Leopold stuff shows up. Um, we try to get you your stuff as quickly as possible if you're going to be on the show so you can shoot your bow with your bino harness. So you can actually try out your binos. You can make sure your range finder works. Um, all of that stuff, we get to you as quick as possible so that you can actually be really honed in by the time you show up to camp. Um, and if we don't sponsor the gear, it's mainly because we want you to be comfortable in your hunt and we want it to, we want to keep it individual. And what I mean by that is uh, King's camo is our, our, our title or our presented by sponsor. And we were very specific that we give the hunters an awesome discount, but they're not required to wear King's camo. And the reason is, is we love to keep it individual. We want you to be successful and have the main gear that you have 
to help you be successful in the hunt and that you're comfortable in. And so we don't force anything on anybody. But I got to tell you, dude, I saw these guys in that King's camo. And for somebody who, you know, we make camo as well. Uh, I loved the pattern and I, pattern I was, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was yeah, that, really sweet. That pattern was sick. And actually the, the feel of it, the comfort that was mm-hmm. what sold me. Like when we went in and talked to Kings and, I said, well, I, you know, let me, let me see what it feels like and putting that stuff on and how nice and, and comfortable it fit. And man, it was, it was awesome. So, uh, yeah, we, and we, we provide discounts on boots and on, you know, other stuff for the hunters, uh, for hunt wars so that they can best equip themselves to come out and, and give it their all, whether it's on the, the, the elk hunt, mule deer hunt, whatever. Uh, but that's kind of what you need to expect. There's not a ton that goes on, and I tell all the, the, the people that get drawn, you might not hear from me every week. Um, we're going to do a little better job. The one thing I loved about last year, Joe, is these teams came into camp already knowing each other. Yep. They'd already yeah. been on calls with each other. They'd already been harassing each other a little bit on trash talk and, <laughs> hey, you know, who's going to kill first, who's going to tag out, and um, and it just, it created such an amazing atmosphere in camp to have those guys show up knowing each other. And so we'll probably do a lot more of that type of call with the groups to get to know each other, uh, before they show up to camp. So there's, yeah, we were on, we, we were on a WhatsApp chat group yep. that was used. <laughs> extensively before yeah. the guys ever got there. daily. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, it, and it still is used daily. Yes. You know? yeah. <laughs> Holy cow, I get blown up by that thing. And that's awesome. You know, like friends for life, you know, they, yeah. they leave with sexual sure. memories and friends. And, you know, I remember last fall after you guys got done hunting, Hey, did you guys kill? How did that hunt go? You know, what about this hunt? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Eric killed a cow and he put it on there and, there's just some really cool stuff that, that I think goes off the show that, that really is, is part of the experience as well. Yeah. And that's like the guys, you know, our guys that do the editing and do the photography. There is so much that is not even shown in the show because there's, there's just no time for it. It would be, <laughs> it would just go forever. And, you know, they try to show, and I think they do an incredible job with the photography and, and telling the story and showing the grind. And, and it's so cool. And I think that was a cool part about having all four teams. And there was you're able to go to this team, to that team, to this yeah. team, all in almost like real time that was happening through the day and their experiences on the different levels. And for the first time, you guys got to see, you know, how close the other teams were yeah. getting each day, right? Had no idea because everybody was pretty quiet. You know, you'd ask them, "Hey, how'd it go today?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, we did okay. You know, it, it, oh, we're getting close." And you know, it, you know, oh, it was a tough day. You know, and then you watch the show and you're like, "What? You were like so close, like so close." You know? I loved it. I loved it when Eric sent Britt that text and said everybody had killed that except for their team, and they're like, "What?" Like, is that really true? Like, how is that? I mean, I messed with them a little bit. And uh, I, I love that we showed that because, you know, we like to have a good time out there with the guys. And, yeah, awesome. and uh, I think the cameramen are absolutely, you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. They they do a really good job of just capturing your hunt. And that's what we always talk about is, hey, we're just here to make sure that we capture you guys hunting. It's not this. Right. stop and you have to always hey this is what we're doing like let's just capture it and 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 you know go through that 
uh, a little bit different than maybe some of the other hunting shows where where they stop every three minutes and tell you exactly what's going on. And and that's that's the thing that attracted me um, to doing this with you guys is is the ethics, the responsibility, and the point of it. And and seeing these guys, how they were out there together, seeing the different teams, not only just them as teams, but how they got to relate to each other was an incredible, and that's what elk hunting is about. That's what our elk camps are about. That's what the traditions yeah. become. And, and it, and it does, it becomes life changing. And, and I think you guys are perfect examples of that. And that's why I was so excited that you guys were able to take some time out of your day and jump in with yeah. us. Uh, and it, it, I'm, I couldn't be prouder. Um, every coach, their only wish is to be able to see um, their athletes not just succeed. It, it's more than the final kill. It's the journey along the way. You know, trophies are, are things that we put on a shelf that eventually just fall apart because of age and time. But the memories, mm-hmm. the things that you learn along the way out of that, not only just within elk hunting itself but life lessons about yeah. continuing on about you know grinding about you know having internal motivation and doing the homework making the changes believing in yourself having confidence all of those things change your life and they change how you do things throughout your life so i mean uh, being able to see that and hear that and watch you guys. I'm I'm a little older than y'all now, so to see these young men come along in this way has been uh, an extreme, extreme pleasure for this guy right here. So, um, Troy, before we get out of here, man, um, the, it is looming. So tell us. Uh, yeah, it's really June 10th. I mean, it's it's here, and it'll shut off at midnight. Like we're not opening it back up. Like it's done for season three. Um, and so basically you go to hunt wars right on the front page. It says apply. Um, you hit apply now and it's, it's really simple because we don't ask for a ton of information. You can actually just click Apple pay and it'll actually input all your information, but it's just your basic name, phone, email. That's all we needed right off the bat. So we can draw a name out of a hat. Then we'll get your partner and we'll get everything, you know, we'll get you all dialed in that way. But to apply, it's really simple you go there, you hit apply now, add to cart, check out, and that immediately sends you a little receipt that says you're in. Um, congratulations. Um, you can buy more entries than one. That's another thing that we do that's a little different with the membership is you can actually buy a few more entries if you want to do that. Um, we are really uh, pushing to get, you know, a great array of hunters like last year the first year it was a lot of western guys there was only one team from alabama year two it expanded it went from you know missouri indiana south carolina that was really cool i can honestly tell you we are getting a lot of uh, a, a lot more interest from all different parts of the country and you know globally that's going to be awesome so diversity is really cool and exciting for me to see but you go right there, you click, you check out, and then you say your prayers every day until <laughs> you draw this sucker. And if you don't draw, the coolest part about it is you're part of something greater than just a state draw. We're going to send you some cool stuff. You're going to be able to watch the show and know you're supporting something, you know, that's 
that's uh that I feel like is is really cool for the hunting industry and that's one thing that we'll work on down the road is we're going to get involved in a lot of conservation and probably donate some of the application to conservation to give back to hunting. We're, we're conservationists just like everybody else. Hunters are conservationists and I think that's important. And so your hundred bucks is going to go a lot farther. Um, and, and we just hope that people will come and support us. And, and so we can do this for, you know, 20 seasons and have, hundreds of teams going out that's that's our goal so absolutely man and what an incredible awesome opportunity and you know for you guys listening out there i want you to understand he mentioned alabama there were in that first season there were guys in camp that had i mean they were trying to learn how to call elk in camp they you know guys that had no elk hunting experience and then you look at season two and you're seeing two gentlemen here that were the first ever to kill on the show that their elk hunting experience was uh pretty ground level so uh, (laughs) and uh, i have to point out you know as big of ego and elk hunting ego i have i was the caller that trained the guys on season one who were not successful. So having cow <laughs> I, I showed up to camp and when I heard those those awesome Alabama guys, I freaking love Isaac and Kale. Great uh-huh. guys. But man, when I heard them calling, like, hey, let me give you a couple tips here. And uh, you'll see in season one if you watch it, I, I'm on the show calling. And I think back at that and then I think about you guys and the elk bros in season two. And I'm like, I'm like, hey. I, I don't profess to be the best caller, but man, these guys are good. These these <laughs> elk bros coaches are freaking legit. So, well, but to be fair, man, we had months you had on the job training. And like literally, like, <laughs> hey, let me hear you call. Okay, that's not going to work. Let's work on it. <laughs> Before we leave, uh, Jonathan and and Brent, anything that you guys like to tell the listeners about your experience? Before we get Ooh. out. Yeah, it, it, it's been experience of a lifetime. Um, you know, changed our hunting, um, perspective in life and, in uh, and even what we're dreaming, you know, we're dreaming of bugles now and, um, and not just spotting animals and, and chasing after them and, um, you know, amazing memories that, you know, my young kids are going to be able to watch, um, back when they're old enough to talk to them about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's just exciting. So, um, you know, for the cost of an application of an out of state application, you know, you're, you have a, a lot better odds than, um, you know, that one application. Um, so I, I'd put in. You know, I was doing the math while I was sitting here and it costs seven bucks for one application in Idaho. So realistically for the, and that's as an in-state resident, I mean, you get more applications for cheaper than an in-state resident for hunt wars. Um, it's really cheaper than applying for in-state and it, man, if you guys get drawn for those of you who are putting in, go for the fight tooth and nail with that Troy guy over there to get the hunt wars uh, experience. (laughs) (laughs) Those guys will change your life. You know, um, you know, I have the, the shell casing for my grandfather's 56th elk that he killed and, uh, I'm on. How many elk have I killed? Uh, one. I've killed a cow. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I saw two elk last year, but that's awesome. It changed my life and how confident I am in hunting. And I, 
it sounds silly, but you know, I've looked up to my granddad my whole life. He's my hero. And, um, uh, he can't really get out and hunt anymore. And I'm so excited to be able to carry that legacy on that he has passed on to me and actually be successful at it. Cause I, you know, I don't, legally, I don't think I could ever kill 56 L, but here's the try. <laughs> That's awesome, dude, man. Awesome. Hey, and guys, thanks for coming in. Uh, today, uh, to share this with everybody out there. I hope all you guys that are listening out there, guys and gals, um, if this is something that you even remotely are thinking about, go to huntwarswithaz.com and apply for the show. I would really love to have the opportunity to work with anybody and everybody. And that's the greatest part of what I get to do with this. So, uh, Troy, Jonathan and Brent, thank you guys. And for everybody else out there, listen, whatever you do, keep dreaming of the screaming, believing and achieving, but most of all, keep grinding until I see you next time, man. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks guys. Thank you. Hey, see ya.